Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. We would like to acknowledge the traditional custodians of the land that we are here today recording this podcast on, the Keech, Shumash, and Tongva people. And we would also like to pay our respects to their elders, past and present. Salmon or Dali, through a great party, we all drank Bacardi, it got kind of gnarly. We're light as a feather, we're tougher than leather. Together we're weirder, we're weirder together. Hello. I do believe you are imitating my mother. <laughs> That's her. That she she enters with with melody in her voice. Yes, a sing songy. Hello, yeah. but I always feel I'm being a little reprimanded. Reprimanded. See, my mother taught me how to reprimand people in a song with melody. You do? Are your songs like punishing? I find your songs warm, warm and. Yeah, romantic. That's true. They are, but they're also kind of they're, they're kind of intense and demanding in their own yeah. way. Yeah. Well, know? you've you've been less demanding as you get older of the audience. You wanted everyone to go on a real experience with you. I know. I did used to punish my audience more, and I think that's probably a function of age and being younger. You wanted to like kind of wrestle them to the ground. I wanted to wrestle them and tickle fight them. <laughs> do you remember do you see tickling that david farrier documentary or tickle or whatever it's called yeah yeah he's got a podcast i want to check out i met the guy producing it the is other it night. about tickling it's not about tickling it's about a new zealander's view of america he travels around america oh. anyway we're reviewing something i haven't seen but i, I met the producer it's the same guy who does the dax shepherd one and he was telling me about it and i was like i'd love to check that out I remember my godfather, Klaus Vorman, had a drawing. Legendary tickler, by the way. (laughs) (laughs) With his beautiful silver beard. Mm. Oh, he tickles with the beard. Just wisps of of hair (laughs) along your... But he had a drawing of what he thought America was like before he came to America. And it was a cop. It's just a torso of a cop with a pot belly and a gun. He's not far off. Pretty accurate (laughs) representation. (laughs) And he also had a beautiful black bum. And it, I think it was my godmother's bum, and he just said- Wait, hang on a sec. The cop did? No, no. Klaus did a painting oh, of Cynthia's okay. bum, and it was so beautiful. I loved going in their house. They had all his paintings, and I used to walk around and look at them, and he saw me one day, and he said, you know, I was. he just started explaining some of them, because I, I just was like mesmerized by his art. So for people who don't know, Klaus Vorman, your godfather, uh, most famously drew the- Revolver album cover by the mm. Beatles, but he is a, played on Imagine. He played on it a lot. Yeah, he, I mean, he and there was another bass player that played on. Didn't he play? He played on Short People. Randy he played Newman. on um, the Passenger or something. Like right. he, he and there's another. He's yeah, like player. being a jealous guy. All that. I mean, amazing. Yeah, Every and, like great sort of studio solo artist record in the 70s, he was the bass player on. And I think he produced Trio, who I loved. Da, oh, right. da, da. Yeah. Do, 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 do. Da, da, da. Do you think growing up with, around an artist who expressed himself that way, did that influence you into drawing and stuff like that? I think it works where if you already have the propensity 
toward. God, that was such a confident use of that <laughs> word. You really, you, you strung that out as if you say it every day. Yeah. <laughs> um, if you have a sort of inkling toward something and then you see it in the outside world, I think then the combination, do you know what I mean? Like say you love sports in, you know, genetically or something, and then someone in your family plays sports, you're going to look up to them. Right. You so get I think permission. I was born an artist and then seeing another artist, you know, I was mesmerized. You're kind of similar to him in a certain way in that he has a very kind of quiet meditative energy. Like his creative world is very interior. Yeah, for sure. Which must have been nice to see examples of that, that it's possible to be a more interior shy yeah. person and also be an artist in yeah, the yeah, world yeah. and everything. Yeah. So we find ourselves just on the other side of what will henceforth be known till the end of times as Joanna Sternberg Week oh, in yeah. Los Angeles. This was So what is this week? So it's July. Yeah, let's mark it in our calendars. So so last week it was really the week of June nineteenth. The same way that when Elton John played the Troubadour in 1970, and it was kind of his first time in LA, and he just blew the city away. I feel like Joanna Sternberg just made legions of fans in Los Angeles the last yes. week. Yes. Yeah, you first discovered Joanna... 2019. was fully formed in a way that was quite unusual for a new artist to have that much just just skill and structure and honesty. I mean, it was so beautiful. So when they finally played at our house, I was concerned people with, you know, so many of my friends have not ADHD, but just can't focus. I, I, I believe you voiced this two episodes I know, so ago. I'm Your saying, concerns, yes. When they played, you could hear a pin drop. It was amazing. And not only in our space, but whenever Joanna plays, you can hear a pin drop yeah. because Joanna commands, not uh, not in a way that you used to command the <laughs> not audience. Not by bullying not the audience. Not by bullying the audience, <laughs> but just natural charisma and skill. Yeah. And the minute Joanna starts playing, you sort of know, you just sort of start watching. Yeah. And we had a, it was an incredible group of people showed up for the show. There was uh, Bethany from Best Coast and um, our friend Lauren Lapkus and Jake Sinclair, who's a great producer and musician. A lot of, like, just Kate a lot of- McCucci, Kate Macucci. Yeah. And um, um, Erica, Erica Linda. Linda and Kane. <laughs> it was awesome. It was just a great I group of people that, who, like, yeah. deeply appreciated it. And then the next day, I took Joanna and Billy, who is their sort of touring partner slash musician slash uh -huh. friend to a manager. And out. also loves standards and plays piano yes. really well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I love standards. Absolutely. And I can't wait to have a session with watching Billy play standards. Yeah, and so we, we went out to see Jake's new studio in Van Nuys, and then I dropped them off at Genghis Cohen, and we didn't go to that show because we were having dinner with our friends. Do Jenny you think Joanna Richard. liked L.A.? It was uh, Oh, absolutely. Dude, I, when the a city- The first time they were in L.A. Yeah, but when a city throws its arms open to you, it's hard not to fall in love with a back. Yeah. Because LA can be a very lonely place. I mean, it's for, for an artist to sort of have a bit like the red carpet rolled out for you, just everyone wanted to come to these shows. And, oh, so we didn't go to Genghis Cohen, but the next night I went and saw Joanna play three songs with Blake Mills and Chris Wiseman. <laughs> this venue is amazing. Like, I don't know what it was. It was a wooden structure of some kind, like a church, synagogue, Freemason 
hall, something like that, a historic venue. And the structure of this building was amazing because there was sort of an indentation, like almost cave-like space where I guess the pastor or the rabbi would stand. And that's where Blake and Chris performed. And Joanna came on there and played three songs. But then above, there was like a second story, like in a traditional church with a giant pump organ. So I, yeah, so I was standing there with Zilbs, who my old school friend who's in town, and with Kyle, King Tough, and we were watching the show. And suddenly the lights came on on this pump organ late in the show. And Joanna kind of ambled out on stage up on this balcony. And I turned to Kyle and I was like, is this part of the show or is just Joanna going to get a bag or something like that? But then Joanna sat down and played this giant organ, basically jamming with people playing a floor below them. So it was just weird. I've never seen people jam and make music so beautifully with zero eye contact and not even being on the same floor of a building. Also, I did want to say Blake Mills, I've heard his music for years. I've never seen him play live. It was absolutely transcendent it i've never been to a grateful dead show but it reminded me of that sort of thing where the the songs were incredible and they were partly chris weisman songs and partly blake songs and stuff they've done together but the guitar solos were the parts that really lifted off into this almost psychedelic space where people the audience started losing themselves and if you haven't heard blake mills play guitar it is I mean, it's something else. He's just like a bit of a magician. Anyway, and then we put out the Joanna pod, the last episode, and the response has just been, you know, rapturous. It's probably one of our biggest episodes we've done. And it it was just such a beautiful thing to be part of creating this moment for this important artist coming out to LA. And we want to, I don't know, I want to be able to do more of that as time goes on, like just... Yeah, just help draw whatever. Like, I guess that's the fun thing about having a platform, which we've got separately and we've got with Weirder together, that we can kind of shine the spotlight here and there where it feels useful or needed. I know. There's so many great people in the world. And it reminds me of when you were young and hanging with friends and everyone was either, someone was either talented because they were just funny or thoughtful or had a, you know, we're good at, you know something and it and you you just as friends you're hanging and you're just like loving their special thing that they do and as we get older if you want to do it for a living and all of that it's kind of finally at this point in our lives it feels i don't know like we're kind of able to sort of do that again where we're we're like with our with our friends and new friends and I don't know celebrating each other's kind of creativity were you big on making mixtapes for people when you were younger because to me it just all everything we're doing feels like a more contemporary version of basically making mixtapes I still have that mixtape that Adam Horvitz my ex made for me which is so good and yeah, of course. And I used to record stuff from LPs, from oh, albums. Yeah, me too. Yeah. I mean, it was I remember doing it and you had that you had the, underneath the turntable you had the tape decks. Mm-hmm. And you'd put the record on and that's how we did them. Totally, yeah. It was so fun. Um Did you was that like a seduction tool for me like well, mixes yeah, was so that was like the, If someone gave you a mixtape and you liked them yeah. and if someone gave you one and you were just friends if it wasn't clear, it could be a little bit nerve wracking. But if it was just, you can do it for friends. But if someone, it, it, you know, it could be nauseating if you didn't like them and they gave you one because you thought, oh no. And 
if the songs were really romantic, yeah. it was You'd read into messages. Good or not yeah. good. Well, it's a lot of that has moved to social media now. I feel like a lot of those types of interactions happen on Instagram. Like, did they post something with you or did you share yeah, it? Or you get those sort of like talk yeah. meme or whatever. Like, Why are they sending it? Yeah. <laughs> it's such a great way to communicate with family as well. It's so funny. My brother sent me an unusually serious very earnest yeah. earnest beautiful, beautiful um instagram in, real <laughs> in, instagram real and i thought <laughs> wow he's probably really like going through some good stuff or i don't know what's going on because usually we send com comedic things or 80s you know music videos and isn't it funny that we've got language to express ourselves and we've got body language but then we also have art which is like found language and we can use all this stuff that other people make to express more subtle shades of our psyche to i each know other. my daughter kate and i just spent send uh, kitty things cats um the crows outside la i wonder i'm sure everywhere has crows but the crows are so amazing in LA and I can hear them. Now I'm wondering. They're pretty aggressive. I'm, I'm wondering, but they're not mean, but I'm wondering what they're talking about. You <laughs> know what have, I mean? Have a guess. Let's give them something to talk about. <laughs> that would be amazing if what they really are is doing just Bonnie provocative rates. duets to make us think. Yeah. yeah. Together we're weirder, we're weirder together. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. So we are going to see Brian Rabin. He has this club in LA uh, called Giorgio's, which it was sort of like a Studio 54 vibe. And he started it a long time ago. And Brian Rabin's an old friend of mine, and he really can host the hell out of something. Classic party host. Yeah, and he's great. And he, so we we went, I went years ago, and there was a whole crew. And it's fun. It's like, you know, a bit of New York drag queens and LA old school LA people. And it's just a fun crowd. And he's just started it up again. This yeah, is the second yeah. time. So again, it's starting yeah. again. So we went a couple nights ago and... Uh, we're we're parked. We're going down the street, and it was in the old. Uh, what was it? In? A, it was a studio, Grandmaster Records or something. Yeah, or I guess you, the cult made electric and all these. Uh, rock, yeah, if rock you look it up, it. I looked up the history and this, and it's right in the middle of Hollywood, yeah, right on Coenga, which is a hard area for me. For yeah. many, it's just like, <laughs> but hard because of memories, or just hard because the vibe well, is you, so if, intense. Like anyone goes to L.A. and goes to Hollywood Boulevard and the middle. I grew up near there, there, but. The heart of Hollywood, the main, it's its a its a rough, what, how would you describe it? It's messy. It's, it's sort like, of, yeah. you got people out partying. But it's messy in a way that's not like, I mean, I don't want to say, I don't know. There's some areas that are, it's a charming sounds terrible, but there's a word for it. And then this is like not I don't have a nostalgia or a nice feeling about this. It ain't this. charming. It ain't yeah, charming. Yeah, it doesn't yeah, have yeah. like, I don't know what Times Square in the 80s or 70s was like, but people romanticize it. 
I don't know. Some people romanticize Hollywood and Highland. I don't know if you know that area. Anyway, we're going there, and the BET Awards have coincidentally are happening. Well, this yeah, something across the road. Yeah, the BET so there's event. all these gorgeous people dressed up, and on and I'm walking, and all these beautiful black women from the BET Awards are like gagging over me. Well, you look like, very what? glamorous. Really. Um, yeah, it was just, I mean, it was really nice. Like I was you, sort of playing. But it wasn't that they I, like, it wasn't that they recognized you no, or something no. as Ioni Sky. They just no. found you extremely glamorous and elegant so walking down Kuenga. It was uplifting. So yeah. I took a couple pictures <laughs> and our friend Safi was like, we t- posted a picture of me and this woman. She was like, what are you, t- who are-? Safi wrote, who is this beautiful woman next to Ioni? And I said, no idea. I was taking a photo of Ioni and she said, take one of me too. And she wrote, LOL, she's wearing a diesel top and a Van Cleef necklace. She has money to blow. So we go in and it's so funny. So it's a really a cool space, but I go great. in and we go in early because we didn't want to miss the crowds. And well, because last time we tried to go, we couldn't even get in. It was so packed. We so packed. So yeah. we went early, birds, and everyone in there was like, had the same idea. They were the older <laughs> crowd and everyone got the memo. And we all were wearing sequins because it's like meant to be kind of disco-y. And it was just funny because it was like a bit of older people all wearing sequin dresses and things. And I was like, I was like, I feel a little basic. I'm just wearing sequins. It was so on the nose. Okay, let me just, I want to sidetrack you for one second. I was listening to Forbidden Fruits to Julia Fox and Nikki Takesh interviewing Trisha Paytas. And Julia Fox said something really interesting. She said that she began to perceive that her criticism of other women as basic was internalized misogyny. Oh, of course, I'm sure. Do you think that? Isn't everything internalized? Yeah, that's true. Well, okay. basic. <laughs> but Meaning men- that like women, women are meant to have to turn it on and impress you and be fabulous because that's sort of what a patriarchal society demands of women. But men could be basic too. That's true. But yeah, I guess they usually say basic bitch. So that's yeah. a woman, right? Anyway, sorry, back to yeah, Georgia. Yeah, no, but yeah. you know, I, mine was a white sequin dress and I was wearing um, these sort of orange peachy pump heels that are really cool. So I, I felt kind of summery sequiny. And, we and just, it was a great we vibe. We danced and there was- Oh, the, yeah, what? the room reminded me of in The Jerk. Like it reminded <laughs> me of when someone in Beverly Hills or had a mansion and a disco room in the 70s. Like they made their own disco room. It was, Or you were on a fabulous cruise liner, but a small one and they had a disco room. Like there was something amazing about the space. It, 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 I don't know if the walls were sort of curved, but- it was because it was sort of small and the DJ was great playing Bill Withers yeah. and just all these songs that like I was thinking, I didn't realize I could dance to Bill Withers. Little VIP tequila stash behind the DJ booth that Brian said With we were some free iconic to. <laughs> old school, you know, club goers. But um, yeah, it was it was really a cool room. It just reminded me of someone's like private disco room. It had a great vibe and we had a really nice date. Yeah, it was date. great. It was, it was great. And so we we ended the day dancing, but that day we actually had started the day dancing. Oh, yes. When our friend Soko invited us to Eagle Rock to go to the Sweaty Pony. Was it like an aerobics dance? Well, class? yeah. If you knew, if you had ever taken an aerobics class, a jazz class, and maybe like a hip hop class, which I, I've only, I don't think I've ever taken a hip hop class. I've done sort of none of them, but I'd done some of those Ryan Heffington classes in the pandemic. Love and it was a bit like that, Ryan kind Heffington. of rough. But yeah. it was a, it was, it was amazing because 
I mean, there was a, it was almost like a mini Portlandia vibe to it too, in that it was the most progressive dance and exercise space, which is awesome. I mean, it was like, basically it seemed like kind of queer, um, very safe space. Yeah. There was people on Zoom who had, you know, if people have like compromised immune systems or something and they're not feeling up to being. But it was um it my favorite part of it was at the very beginning when the instructor who was amazing um honored the people who had their screens off on Zoom and said um honored them for asserting their boundaries. Which I, I love. love. I'm gonna that. start doing that when I turn off my screen. I screens. know. I wish my teen during the pandemic had been honored for turning her screen off. <laughs> um, but, but me, yeah. you, and Soko, we were all and kind of we amateurs. And Lola. Lola Kirk. We ran into Lola Kirk. She was really good at it. Yeah, she'd done it before. Yeah, she said she used to do it a lot, and she hadn't done it in you know five years or something. She does other things, but you know she yeah. hadn't done that class. But I had a blast, man. We were I know. dancing. It's- I think though. I think my pink hair really served me well because it well, kind of like it kind of somewhat at least gave me some credentials besides being a cis white male in that space. I well, felt we like, all you know, know you are the lesbian of all Apparently, men everyone's telling lesbians. me I'm a lesbian, so there you go. It's um, worked out. But uh, that was super, super fun. So, yeah, very really cool weekend. Oh, a couple things I wanted to mention. I wanted to share that there is a new episode coming this week of my podcast I started on the future of being a musician. Um, if you heard the last one with Tom Gray, it was it's really a podcast for musicians or people interested in the industry, but it, it's, it's, I got a lot of good feedback from within our community that it was useful. So the next one is an interview with Joey, who started the United Musicians and Allied Workers Union. And they are, they're the ones who in America... Uh, you know, asked for a penny per stream from Spotify and are asking South by Southwest to pay artists fairly. And he said he comes from a great background of sort of union organization and stuff. And I, I really know loved it's it. It really cool. important. I mean, there's obviously there's the writer's strike and there's all these things. But last night I couldn't, well, I, I couldn't sleep, but it wasn't like terribly late. And I was, you had fallen asleep, but I was watching The Decline and Fall of Western Civilization oh, too. My favorite. And, um, you kind of woke up. I was watching it and I wasn't playing it in the room, but I just felt the vibe. Yeah. Man, and from you Odin. said, you said, you said, what are you watching? And you, you said, Oh, okay. I got to get up and watch this with you. So we started watching it and you said, I really lucked out. I'm, I married someone who watched the decline and fall too. And then we kind of like made out, I think we were inspired by, um, not Gene Simmons, who's the guy lying around with oh, Paul Stanley. Oh, Paul Stanley, you got a little feisty while we were watching it. But um, anyway, that you know, the music business has often been really hard. You know, there's the real one percent, and then everybody else forever. Whereas when you were an actor, at least if you were working, there was a time that you could make. A decent thing you know what i mean and it's sort of like not you mean it, a decent income income i mean it, that has changed over the years but there was a time whereas if you were a mu- musician it seemed like you were always breaking even or even losing it's money. a tough industry it's a tough industry. it's a tough industry. i know when i was a kid i used to muse i thought of russia and ballet dancers and the arts and i always thought wow they don't you know there's no um you know someone can't get paid for being an artist in Russia, I remember thinking in the eighties, and then I was like, "Well, it sounds not like you were subject better. of a little Cold War propaganda." Exactly. <laughs> I mean, I just thought, yeah, I guess that when I was young, I just thought if you were, an, you know, an artist or an actor, you were rich in America. Rich in spirit. 
<laughs> um, you know what is exciting? So obviously with Weirder Together, we've been putting out a bunch of great podcasts. If people haven't started tuning into any of the other podcasts on the Weirder Together network, they should. There's Jello Biafra and Making Ways and Sarah and Sally and Brock Enright and just I love all the and Lou and Adele. They all I love all the pods on it. Yeah. If you're new to listening to podcasts, just listen to everything on this on our little network yeah. and you'll be satiated. And we put out your a little fanzine last year of your watercolors and we're helping Safi with developing her YouTube essay series. And so it, we hit a point where we were like, why aren't we releasing music? This is so weird that like, this is the industry I actually know the most about. Right. And it just makes sense that we're creating this channel for sharing stuff. So, you know- Better we put, late than never. Better late than never. So uh, I put out the, you know, the single I did with Nina Jirachi, Tuck Shop a few weeks ago. And, but on Friday, there is an EP coming out by this duo of buskers in Australia called McDermott and North. And the way we did it was kind of interesting. They recorded the stems. I met them on tour, invited them to LA, but because they were buskers, it just not, was not financially feasible for them to get on a plane. So they ended up um, recording guitar and vocals. And then I got the cream of the crop of LA musicians, Joey Warrenker on drums, Roger Manning Jr. on keys, and Mike Viola on bass. And there's a, it's now a four-song EP called The Hollywood EP. At the end of this episode, I'm going to pop uh, the song Mary Street from the EP coming out and people can pre-order it and listen to it on Friday. That's so it's good. All, yeah. I know it's good to have the confidence. I guess it's like you're ner- it's nerve-wracking to ask people, um, but why not? You know, like you, you, at this point, you can ask really amazing musicians to check something out and if they want to work on it they can I'm also totally comfortable with people saying no like if I think of all the years of asking people to do things it's like that doesn't scare me anymore I look at it as like we're we're creating a a channel of sharing ideas and stuff and if it's the right thing at the right time let's do it yeah it's really nice to get uh, kind of like grounded and confident as you get older Maybe one day we'll do the Ioni Sky rap record that you've uh, threatened. I think it might be it might be a Ioni Sky Joanna Sternberg rap battle. I did. <laughs> I did have one weird mo- moment that felt like it was this sort of, you know, opening that I had in um, who who started APC. I forgot his name, but Sofia Coppola was friends with him, and we were in France and uh, in his this like crazy four story it wasn't a loft it but this it for paris it was a unique space it reminded me more of a new york space and we were all kind of like playing music and i started i rapped for like maybe a few minutes but, a few minutes a well, few maybe minutes it was of rapping improvising is no very maybe hard. it was a few <laughs> seconds but it felt like i was in the zone i also had that once i was doing a uh, a production of the wizard of oz as a junior higher elementary school kid and I had an opening where I like conjured, um, what's his name? I was the uh, the scarecrow. scarecrow. I forgot the actor's name. I really want to know it. And I had this one lucid moment. Ray Bulger. Right. Ray Bulger. But I had this like moment where all of my blocks and, you know, constructs, everything left. And I just magically for, again, a few seconds danced like Ray Bulger, however you say his name. <laughs> And then I like my mind said, this is can't happen. And it just shut that trap and I couldn't do it. Like those dreams where you speak French fluently. 
but I, I swear, who knows? You if tapped into the scarecrow archetype. Something I could do those amazing, like I just, I, I like internalized it for a few moments and I could do it. Life is long. We are all hanging for the Ioni Sky rapping scarecrow moment. He was a gen- physical genius. Coming soon on Weirder Together Records. <laughs> if you want to send us a voice note or an email, you can do that at weirdertogetherpod at gmail.com. Please uh, rate and review this podcast if you're digging it. It helps us. Share it with your friends. Share it with your mum. Send us a postcard. Early Christmas present. And uh, check out this coming Friday, the McDermott and North Hollywood EP. And this is a song from it called Mary Street. Beautiful babies. We love ya.
Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.